when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Harris, they don't talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah. Yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired, and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question, our purpose is to win. Make no mistake about it. But it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt. Uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined this show by my cousin Joe, quarantined in Hawaii. What's up, cousin Joe? What's up, buddy? I can't <laughs> wait until Shane jumps back onto the show so I can go back to being lazy during my quarantine times. <laughs> Absolutely. So what you been doing during this quarantine time, Joe, this weekend? I know you're sounds like you're going a little stir crazy. I did go a bit stir crazy. I went up to the top of the mountain and watched the sunset. That was cool. But uh, the other day I spent like two hours looking for a chameleon. <laughs> I have these bushes in my front porch and uh, yeah, there's chameleons in there, but they're the same color as the bushes. So it takes it. a little time to find them. <laughs> Well, let me, I'll fill you in on what I did this weekend. And I, you know, I've seen a lot of people out there that are recommending, you know, shows to watch, movies to watch. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell y'all the movie not to watch. And that's called 28 Days Later. Don't know what I was thinking with that one. But uh, my girlfriend and I, we got kind of wasted on Saturday night, popped in 28 Days Later. It's about the virus taking over the world and killing everybody. So that was my Saturday night, and uh, now I'm even more terrified than I was before going into my fourth week here of quarantine. You should totally watch Shaun of the Dead and make up for it. <laughs> All right, that might be, yeah, that might be the perfect cure to it, but uh, enough quarantine talk. We got some pretty good stuff lined up. I, I was surprised by how much SEC news we had last week, so we're going to kind of hit on all that, and then we're the glorious return of the Tell the Truth segment with Cousin Shane off the show this for this episode. We're finally able to bring back Tell the Truth. We're going to get to that towards the tail end of the episode. So you ready to go uh, around the league? Let's do it. <laughs> now let's go now around let's the go league. Around the league. I, my, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think, I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. And Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys! Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, well, let's start uh, right here. Before we get to the news-ish part of the thing, I just wanted to, you know, give some credit here to Coach Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri because this is a guy, when they got hired at Missouri, you know, I was kind of thinking, now who in the hell is this guy? He's got one year of head coaching. I know he's been in the, you know, a hot assistant for a couple of years here. I always see his name pop up whenever there was an offensive coordinator position in the SEC. But I didn't, you know, there was nothing against this guy. I just didn't know much about his background and I didn't know his personality. But once again, remember, he's the one that came out here and accused, 
you know, Ole Miss and all these other schools of uh, recruiting violations. Now he's out here. He's talking shit about Kurt Herbstreit. So for me, that's that's my focus. I'm not going to get into whether or not. I mean, no offense to to Mr. Herbstreit, but you know, pr- deciding who's going to win a football game on College Game Day is a lot different than getting the world in a panic about whether or not we're going to play a college football season. And I'm not going to get into that. All right, so how about that, Cousin Joe? Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, he's, he's after Lane Kiffin. He's after Kurt Herbstreet. And this is the message that I've been trying to convey. All the respect in the world for Kurt Herbstreet, but at the same time, I do not need him telling me there's not going to be college football. And I'm, I was just happy old Coach Drink is right on board with me. Pew, pew, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, throwing it up, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, with so many, you know, these Saban coaches, they're all very good coaches, you know, Pruitt and Smart and all these guys. But, hell, they don't give us any sound bites. So we've got some uh, – and we'll get to what happened in the state of Mississippi. we got some more stuff there, obviously. But uh, the more characters we can get in the SEC, the happier I am, the better this show gets. So uh, just a little shout-out to Coach Drinkwitz. Wanted to start with him. But as for SEC league news – A little bit of an update, not much of one, but the conference announced, I believe it was on Friday, that all sports activities have been pushed to May 31st. So a suspension of all sports activities. So, you know, there's not going to be any football practices or you can't even go to the training room or what have you until May 31st at the earliest. And that they had originally set that at April 6th. So that's was obviously going to get postponed a little bit further, but that's the latest around the league. And, you know, from everything that I'm hearing, I know half of Twitter thinks there's not going to be any football season. I've not been heard any indication that that is the case at this point, but uh, just wanted to share the latest news and no real surprise here. May 31st, that's the new deadline for kind of when they're going to reset and reevaluate things. But uh, what's your thoughts on, on them pushing back to the, to that May 31 date? It's terrifying. That's <laughs> so sad. I hope that's the last push, you know, uh, not only with that, but with like people uh, not going back to work. Like most of the states are pushing back their quarantine. Uh, here, there's other countries doing the same. Mm-hmm. It just keeps getting pushed back further and further, which I hope is pushing up some NCAA football. You know what I mean? Some college, some PS4. Let's get that out, guys. Yeah, yeah, certainly. They've got enough time to work on that. So if they can get that to me before May 31st, I would very much appreciate it. All right, so the biggest news here in the SEC this week, in my opinion, this is one that uh, maybe have flown under the radar a little bit here outside the SEC. FCS graduate transfer linebacker Jabril Cox of North Dakota State FCS All-American, multi-time All-American, I should say, has committed to LSU and them Tigers. So LSU losing, you know, some key players there at the linebacker position this offseason, obviously switching up to the 4-3 defense. And what's interesting about this, landing this North Dakota State kid, who they got him over, I know Tennessee was after him. I know Alabama was after him. That kind of gives you an indication of how good this player is. I know Texas was after him. But uh, one thing to keep in mind, the new defensive coordinator, Bo Pelini, you know, they hired him. He was the head coach there at Youngstown State. Youngstown State faced North Dakota State. So he's very familiar with uh, this Cox kid. And that's probably a big factor why he's deciding to come to LSU. But that's going to be interesting to see because this is a kid, from what I understand, was being perceived by NFL people as the number one prospect at the uh, FCS level. Now he's going to have a year at the SEC playing with the Tigers. He's a graduate transfer, eligible immediately. Uh, thoughts on uh, LSU li- landing in the linebacker here that uh, you know a lot of the other teams in the SEC wanted? Yeah, that's a huge pickup for them. I mean, that was definitely a void that they had going into next season. It's just I'm excited to see how well he, he plays at the SEC level. Yeah, and to me it's always interesting, especially when you make that big jump up, because, you know, for as good as he was going to be at North Dakota State, I know they had, uh, I believe that's where that 
the Eagles quarterback, Carson Wentz, went and, you know, he was able to parlay his college career into being a top NFL pick, but I just don't know if that's how realistic that would have been for a linebacker. So it's almost like Cox is, you know, the year before he hopes to go to the NFL, he's got to prove himself at the SEC level. So he's probably going to come into Baton Rouge with something to prove. And I think that's what you want when you're getting one of these graduate transfers. Because I think a lot of times you're getting a guy who maybe is leaving somewhere where he couldn't get on the field or whatever. But this is a completely different situation. This is an All-American who wants to compete at the highest level possible before he goes to the NFL. So I really think this is going to be a win-win for all sides here. Yeah, I think so too. It's going to raise his stock for sure. But he's got to show up. Absolutely. And before we hop off here, LSU... I did want to make this note. Uh, someone shared us this on Twitter, so I, I had to bring it forward to the audience here. But this is Cocho talking about Derek Brown pulling off some insane moves. And then, of course, he's got a comment here on Joe Burrow. I just thought that this is a really great comment here. And, and this is a grinding yes. team. Yes. A very good front. The best defensive front we've seen. Derek Brown, those guys were phenomenal. I remember Derek Brown bull rushing Damian Lewis, picking him up and putting him in the quarterback's lap. Dilo came to the <laughs> side. like that. But you know what? Uh, Coach uh, Steele had a tremendous uh, game plan, put seven DBs out there. This is the game I thought our defense won the game. Uh, we were very, very efficient on defense. We gave up one 80-yard run. I think they only had like 270 yards total. But our, our offense found a way. That's when our new offense could find a way. You know, we couldn't throw the ball, but we started running the football on them, off tackle, there was nobody there. I thought it was a tremendous job of our coaching staff. Florida and Auburn were our two toughest games, obviously. Joe got hit in that game so mm -hmm. hard, mm -hmm. everybody in the press box was mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. and he just pops up like nothing happened. Yeah, yeah that, that's Joe, you know. Hey, you know, I said, man, you get, you get, uh, you play better when you get hit, hit harder. How about I hit you in the locker room before the game? <laughs> There's the only thing missing from the national championship was uh, Coach O firing up Joe Burrow, maybe knocking him around in the locker room before the national championship. I mean, I think he's he's dead on with both these guys. Derek Brown's a beast. Joe Burrow, in, incredibly tough. And I thought the uh, you know the first time I ever saw this, you remember it wasn't last season; it was the year before when LSU played UCF in that bowl game. Oh, yeah. And Burrow threw, I believe it was a pick six, but he was trying to make the tackle, and he just got depleted. Mm -hmm. I thought, hell, I thought Joe Burrow, his career might be over. Yeah, I thought he'd be drinking out of straw, but <laughs> he stood off, and he was like, now nah, dust himself <laughs> off like it wasn't no thing. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's really what my respect level for Joe Burrow went through the roof, and obviously he did the same thing with everyone at Baton Rouge. We all know the end of the story there, but I just thought that was a great clip there from Coach that's Funny, but it also reminded me like you know those like I don't know if you've ever seen like the powerlifting where like they slap them in the face to get them pumped up. <laughs> and there's that one where the guy gets knocked out cold. Like <laughs> Joe doing that, Joe Burrow. Like oh no, what do I do now? So whatever, wherever Joe Burrow ends up, probably the Cincinnati Bengals. It sounds like he needs to hire someone in there to just slap his ass in the locker room before every game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's skip it down to Starkville, Mississippi, where. A lot of news here with the Bulldogs, and we'll start with the, the good news here because they landed a four-star quarterback from Texas named Sawyer Robertson. Went back and watched uh, some of this guy's you know, film from his uh, sophomore and junior seasons there in Texas. Thrown for almost 8,000 yards. He's thrown for 88 touchdowns, only 16 interceptions for an elite program down there at Texas. And this is the first four-star quarterback that Mike Leach has got down there at Mississippi State. And this is exactly what you want if you're a Bulldog fan. This is exactly what you envisioned when you hire a guy like Mike Leach. You know, he's no longer at Washington State. He's no longer at Texas Tech. He's somewhere where he can recruit these elite kids. And we'll get to his tweeting here in a minute. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, this is uh, this is kind of exactly what you hoped you were getting in Mike Leach. And it seems like it's already before they even played a damn game. It seems like it's, uh, you know, they're already bringing in. They already got this KJ Costello from Stanford. Now they're getting this kid. Uh, it just seems like it's already 
proven to be a win for Mississippi State for hiring Mike Leach when it at least when it comes to quarterback recruiting. I think if you, you get Castillo out there and he does what everybody assumes he's going to do under Leach, there's no telling the talent that Mike Leach is going to be able to bring in because he's not trying to recruit him to Washington State. You know, he's going to be re- recruiting him to an SEC school and they're going to be playing on national TV weekly. So uh, it's going to be a scary, scary university he's going to turn into, hopefully. Absolutely. So the other thing there, kind of reference it, didn't really want to talk about this because I don't, I don't like going, uh, you know, down these rabbit holes of, of social media and whatnot. But the only reason I'm bringing it up, Mike Leach's tweet for anyone that uh, missed it, he had, it was just a, you know, clearly just a joke, but he did apologize for it. So he could tell, I'm sure he's probably got told that he probably needed to do that. But for anyone that missed it, it was a woman talking about, uh, you know, being with her husband, being quarantined, and she's making a, I think it was a necktie for him is what the the meme said, but it was a noose. So, and she was, uh, it didn't seem to be a, a racial thing, but at the same time, you know, you're coaching in the state of Mississippi, you really got to have better judgment than that if you're Mike Leach. And the, and like I said, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because Mississippi State lineman Fabian Lovett has announced he's jumping into the transfer portal. He saw the post, he reacted to it, and now Lovett's father has kind of come out and said that really bothered his son, and now he's going to leave Mississippi State. So interesting times there at Mississippi State. There was even a fake account that said uh, Mike Leach has resigned. Freaked some people out. But <laughs> Mike Leach is not resigning anytime soon uh, based off something you know he put on Twitter there that he meant for it to be a joke. But, uh, you know, clearly you, we're living in a time here where you got to be careful that you don't offend and uh if, if you're gonna lose a player over it whether you you know whether you thought you meant it as a joke or not it's kind of blown up in his face a little bit here so that's something he's got to be uh cautious moving forward with in my opinion yeah because you just at the end of the day you just don't want to hurt your football team you know what i mean by exactly when you're like the focal point in the like the front of your university you've got to keep your jokes to yourself if you think it's going to go near that gray line mm-hmm you can't, you're, you can't be like us two assholes just tweeting out whatever. <laughs> but then again, you see one out the other day that had like 300,000 retweets <laughs> just because like, it was freaking gold. All right. Uh, let's skip it. Skip on down to Athens. Oh, dog, sick him! That's where Kirby Smart, uh, you know, he had a lot to say here this week. He was he had a couple of media appearances, including one on the Paul Feinbaum show. But before we jump to that, uh, Kirby had a teleconference. A lot of these coaches have been holding these teleconferences where uh, obviously you can't have, you know, press conferences like they normally would. But you got people calling in. So we're in all of these calls and whatnot. And I thought the most interesting thing that Kirby shared during his teleconference, he was asked about Scott Cochran and why uh, you know, he felt this was a right time to add Cochran to his full-time staff. And if that, uh, you know, this Cochran's never been a special teams coordinator. Now he's the coordinator for a team that's hoping to win the national championship. And according to all reports out there, Cochran wanted that option at Alabama, was not given it. So Nick Saban didn't think, for whatever reason, Cochran was worthy. Why did Kirby? Uh, let's kick it over to Kirby Smart on uh, why he thinks that. And uh, what was the thinking on Scott Cochran as special teams coordinator? Uh, Scott and I have had a relationship for a long time. And just uh, when I think of good coaches, I think of guys that can relate to players that can. Uh, I've always judged a coach by two qualities. What is his ability to make players want to play for him? Like his relationship. Is he, is he, is he going to do, do players want to run through the brick wall? for their coach? Do they respect their coach? Do they want to play hard for their coach? Can he relate to them in a personal way and get them to do something that maybe another coach can't? Does that separate them? And then uh, their ability to recruit. Um, and both those two things, the nine years I was at Alabama, he was outstanding at. He was uh, he was always involved in some way, shape, or form with special teams. That's always been something even dated back to when I was at LSU. He was a kind of a quality control guy at LSU that worked with special teams. So his background has been around that. And uh, we certainly have a staff full of guys, Glenn Schumann, Dan Lanning, Todd Hartley, Cortez, Dell, Charlton, have all had special teams duties in their career. 
So this is not a Scott Cochran's the only special teams guy on our staff. We we have an immense amount of knowledge and experience in special teams, and uh, they'll draw on that. Scott will be the special teams coordinator, but we'll use the entire staff to help with that. We got quality control guys who do a great job coaching our coaches. And then I'm involved with the special teams and always have been and always will be because I think it's a really important part. So the big part was just hiring Scott because we felt like that he brought a lot to the table in terms of the entire organization. All right, so this is kind of what, uh, you know, the immediate reaction when Cochran was hired at Georgia, a lot of people saying, hell, this is really going to help him out with recruiting. But at the same time, could this not hurt the coaching staff? I don't think anyone was saying that, but it was interesting that Kirby Smart was going to hire someone that had no on-the-field experience to such an important role. But uh, I really liked his answer here because, hell, like he said, everyone is involved with the special teams at Georgia, and he keeps a close eye on it as well. And as long as they continue to do that, uh, Georgia's, I mean, special teams unit should be pretty damn solid. I don't believe any of it. <laughs> oh, you're not, you're not buying it? No. And anybody else is, oh, come on, y'all. We all know that this was a, poor, this was a play to get him out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I, you can't really fuck up special teams, I don't think. So I think he's going to be all right there, and he's going to have a lot of supervision. But the big push was definitely to get him out of Alabama and remove that consistency they've had there for so long. Yeah, so like any move you can do to negatively affect Nick Saban and that program you can't beat, you gotta, you just got to keep chopping at that damn pillar that is Nick Saban's Alabama. Is that, that's basically what you're saying? Yeah, you can't take the recruit board anymore, so he took the strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, I think you might be onto something, and that's uh, you know that's the big dog that I know LSU has gotten over Alabama and uh, Auburn as well, but Georgia's still looking up at Alabama, so that's a good point there. And uh, one other two clips here, real quick, from Kirby that I thought were interesting, and these came on the Paul Feinbaum show. You know, Kirby kind of took issue. I don't know if issue is the right word, but just kind of expressed his thoughts that, you know, some teams got to have more spring than others. That's a little bit of a competitive advantage. And then uh, he said during his quarantine here, he tried to challenge his wife to a race on the Peloton bike, and he ain't doing that one again. Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Coach, uh, we're talking with Coach uh, Kirby Smart. Coach, everyone—not everyone—some some some, uh, some programs. Uh, I think Clemson got nine practices in. Others uh, yeah. maybe did a little bit more, or most did a lot less. Uh, what are your concerns um, about not having a spring practice? Yeah, you know, I, I think if everybody didn't have it, it probably wouldn't bother me as bad. But it <laughs> it, uh, it it certainly, you know, we got a new offense coordinator and new. Uh, New quarterback coming in, whoever it's going to be, and and to not get those practices, boy, that that that's tough. But not very many people got a lot of it. You know, on average, I think we got three to four practices, or what some of the SEC teams got in before uh, they shut everything down. So, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot. But I certainly think you know some young players, some mid-year guys that maybe came in thinking they were going to get uh, a leg up on people. That, that may not be as big a leg as they thought because they weren't able to have those practices. If you were fortunate enough to have spring practice early, um, with, like some programs do, I certainly think that helps to get you know 10 or more practices in is huge. You mentioned the, the, the other aspect of this, and, and that's your family. And certainly uh, I know that's always uh, everyone's for, uh, first concern. Uh, it is different. Uh, you're, you're not somebody that's home very often. Um, what's it been like? Well, I can tell you this. I, I, I figured this out. I'm not getting up at 6.30 again and going down with my wife to the Peloton to, uh, uh, to ride a bike <laughs> or a lift. Um, that, that, that only happened once, and that won't happen again. I made that mistake thinking that I could go down there and compete. I learned real quick that at 44, I'm not near as competitive as I used to be in the, in the workout room. So I've got to find other ways to get my exercise done. All right, so – I really wanted to include this Peloton bike. Not that I'm a big Peloton fan. I actually have not a Peloton. I got another one called the Echelon, so I know what Kirby's going through. Those those things are a hell of a workout. I actually ordered it right before all this quarantine stuff happened, and it's been a damn lifesaver. But I I thought it was interesting that he's kind of taking issue with the fact that they don't have spring. And Georgia is the team in the SEC that uh, most people have – you know, circled as the one that that's really going to hurt because they got a new quarterback, 
new offensive coordinator, and that new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, is also going to be the quarterback's coach, Kirby Revealed. So uh, what do you think about this, Kirby's comments here about losing spring? And do you really think it's a competitive advantage? Uh, I think anyone that got an early spring practice and anyone who didn't have an early spring or early uh, one is definitely going to reevaluate that next year moving forward because of the results of it this year. I don't know. I just don't know if I'm really buying it. Just because I think he really needed it because Newman's coming in, right? You know, and he doesn't have that continuity quarterback. But at the same time, well, I mean, I guess that's why I've rated him. You know, why I'm picking Florida to win the East because that it is a big deal. But I just, I you know, Florida didn't have one either. You know what I mean? Um, Alabama didn't have one. Tennessee had one practice. So I just don't know that. Uh, you know, Georgia's going to be necessarily set that far back compared to all those, but I guess I'm just more taking an issue with the with the team. You know, he seems to be suggesting that those that got a couple practices in, like a South Carolina, like a Vanderbilt, they're going to be at an advantage, whereas I don't think it's going to be night and day quite, quite like that. I think maybe with the teams, the way I look at it is, you know, I, w- I was looking for some of these elite teams to potentially take a step forward this spring, and that's not going to be able to happen. And maybe that's kind of more what he's hinting at. And if that's what he's trying to say, I kind of agree with him. But at the same time, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, all these good teams are going to be looking up at South Carolina and Vanderbilt next year. I don't know. I think it's a game. You know, he's just trying to get an opportunity moving forward. Like if those teams did have two or three practices – Maybe he's fighting for an extra two, three practices down the road. I got you. All right, so speaking of Alabama, let's jump on down to uh, Tuscaloosa real quick. Roll time! Where Nick Saban has announced that uh, linebacker Markel Benton has been suspended from the team. And this is the guy that, uh, for anyone that missed it, when they put their 2020 roster, their spring roster on the internet, he wasn't listed. Then about a day later, they threw him back on. And then about... Two days later, he was off again. So something you knew was fishy going on with this kid, and Saban officially announced he was suspended. But the real reason I wanted to jump down here to Alabama was because there's been a little bit of a controversy down here in Tuscaloosa, if you want to call it that. And these, we got to have something to complain about, I guess, with this. Uh, <laughs> I know it's the quarantine time, not a hell of a lot going on here, but kind of like Kirby Smart, Nick Saban held a teleconference here the other day and was – Asked about, uh, you know, his strength and conditioning staff and all that. And he let on that uh, Alabama's using Apple Watches to monitor their their players here. Let's kick it over to Nick Saban, and then we'll discuss it on the other side. We have good continuity with our staff, which is, you know, a positive. But on the other hand, we've always been able to improvise and do things that we need to do. Uh, I actually think the addition of the uh, strength and conditioning coaches that we have now has been a huge positive for us because, um, you know, we're, we're building the new sports science center. These guys, you know, Dr. Ray has actually got a PhD. So, you know, his knowledge and experience and uh, a lot of technical type testing and stuff that you can do with players and the new training programs that we're doing have, you know, the players have really liked and, uh, hopefully this will help us with some injury prevention and um, you know help us be able to perform better when the time comes. So uh, and they were very instrumental in you know setting up this whole you know program of what we're doing with the players in terms of you know Apple watches for their workouts, um, you know apps on their phones for weight training programs. Um, and we had issues with some players not having a place to work out because high schools are closed. And um, so, you know, we put them on band workout programs. So, you know, it, 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 they, they've done a really, really good job of managing this to this point. And uh, the players have done a good job responding to it. All right, Cousin Joe. So it sounds like everybody's damn pissed. Everybody in the, in the SEC around college football, Alabama using Apple Watches. I think more most people are probably upset they just didn't think of it first. But like I said, they got to have something to complain about. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that uh, Alabama's using these Apple Watches to monitor their athletes while they're off campus? Uh, I have a couple of things. One, who helped him set up a teleconference? <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, he doesn't know what an Apple Watch is. <laughs> but I think this is a really good point. Uh, something I was thinking about is, okay, you, you listen to Kirby Smart, he's all doom and gloom, and he's like, oh, poor us, you know. Then you listen to Satan, Satan sounds pretty much optimistic, and I'm I'm curious to see what Alabama puts on the field. And the biggest reason is because no one has a blueprint of what Satan's going to do for this situation. Mm-hmm. He's so inventive, and like he's always like ahead of the curve and everything, but all these assistant coaches, they always they all had the blueprint of how to do what he does and how he does it and how he manages his time and stuff like that. This is like a whole new concept, and I think Saban is going to be doing things that no one else has thought of. So I'm excited to see what they do. And that's a really good point, and that one I thought of because, you know, you like you said, they've all got this blueprint, but at this point in time, being in such an unprecedented position – I mean, the damn blueprint's not worth shit because it's, because we're in charted waters here. So, I mean, they, he's the greatest coach for a reason, and maybe he's going to prove that during all this time. But just, you know, my brief thoughts on all this Apple Watch shit, like, what are you going to learn from it? You're going to learn how much they're sleeping. You're going to be able to track their part rate at times. But to me, this is uh, much ado about nothing because it's not like the Apple Watch, you know, kind of fills you in with uh, – you know, how much they're lifting or you know, what exactly workouts they're doing. And um, I don't know. I it's I still can't believe people are complaining about uh, if, I, if Alabama wants to send their players Apple Watches and people get mad, I think it's because uh, the rest of the schools are being cheap and they don't want to send their players Apple Watches. Right. Well, I don't know. Looking at mine right now, I can tell you Shane's burned 37 calories. <laughs> so he's not doing too much in giving 14. <laughs> All right, last team to hit on here. Let's jump all down to Rocky Top. Well, Jeremy Pruitt, he had his own teleconference here this week, and it was very, uh, you know, uninformative for the most part, so I really tried to pick something here. Uh, The best question he got was asked about, uh, you know, we haven't had Jeremy Pruitt in a media session since Craig Fitzgerald left, and, you know, when he opened spring, he was so complimentary of the job Fitzgerald was doing, so you know, getting his reaction to that and thoughts on replacing Tennessee's head strength coach. Let's kick it over to Jeremy Pruitt. Well, first of all, with Craig, I mean, it's uh, Craig had an opportunity to take several jobs. And, um, you know, it's something that I've learned a long time ago. If you, if you embrace the job that you have and uh, you do a really good job at it, uh, opportunities present themselves and um, the opportunity for Craig and his family to get a little closer to home was something that, um, you know, that he wanted to take advantage of, uh, you know, and, and we have really good support within, uh, you know, the guys that were, that are on our, our strength staff right now. Uh, they're doing a fantastic job. Um, they're very motivated. Uh, and you know, there's, there'll, there'll be a time, uh, soon that, uh, we'll make a move with that position. Um, just kind of going through, um, talking to some folks out there and seeing what's the best way that we can uh, make that program better moving forward that fits uh, my vision of where we want this program to be. Um, but these guys are doing an outstanding job. And, and hey, our players, are they're motivated. Uh, you know, I see videos. They they want to send videos every day of things that they're doing, and um, you know, they they definitely are uh, being creative in ways that uh, they can continue to sustain and improve uh, their their uh, I guess their their strength and uh, their conditioning. Uh, so um, they're they're finding a way. All right. So based on those comments. It certainly sounds to me, you know, Pruitt indicated the hire would be made soon, but, uh, you know, he didn't give a specific date there. I think that kind of leads me to believe that it's going to be an in-house promotion. You know, going to hire someone from that they've already got on staff, someone that was probably working under Craig Fitzgerald. Uh, that's not, you know, official or anything like that, but it seems like that'd be the way to go. And maybe during this time when you're, you know, under quarantine and there's so much unanswered, 
you know, questions and whatnot, you probably don't want to be bringing in a new strength coach and trying to have a relationship with these kids. You probably got to go with someone that's already there, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Or maybe look to Georgia and see if they – old Cocker wants to be special teams and recruiting assistant. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, if they hire Scott Cochran. I'd uh, – did, I didn't get to see the teleconference. Does anybody know if uh, – or I did – can you tell me if – uh, Pruitt was looking down like he did that FaceTime. <laughs> was he? A, <laughs> I love that FaceTime video. Yeah, for anyone that missed it, uh, Coach Pruitt did a. It was with SEC Network, I think, and he was looking like a damn thumb. You can, no neck, n- no chin. <laughs> I mean, he he was looking like a pencil eraser there. I don't. I guess he's never done FaceTime and lifted the phone up uh, out of his lap. But no, it looked like he's FaceTiming, but like trying to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're like in class and you had it below the desk. <laughs> unfortunately there was no video for this i think someone had informed him that that was not a good look so he he went away from it he only joined this one in an audio format so i i got nothing to report on how he was doing it but i like to imagine that phone was in his lap yeah me too it's hilarious <laughs> all right so that's all we got for news around the league so that takes us to the much anticipated return of till the truth. Tell it to. Middle Tennessee, I got a lot of respect for their coach, a guy I've known for a long time in this profession. You know, his son's a quarterback. He's a really good football player. Um, they beat three power five schools in the last six or seven years. And uh, they got really good athletes. You got to give uh, East Tennessee State credit. They gave a bunch of different looks. They stemmed around. They played hard. I think at the end of the first quarter, we had eight eight rush attempts for minus one yard. Um, those guys got after us really well. Chattanooga is a very well coached team. You know, Russ has done a really good job there. Uh, they're eight and two. One, they're one of the top teams in you know their their division. Um, they have 14 starters returning from last year's team. Um, they basically do a really good job on offense with the quarterback run type stuff and the play action. I'm not looking forward to this, so let's do it. <laughs> I've been told all my accents just morph into a southern version of my mother, so this should be exciting. All right, so we've it's been a long time since we've done one of these. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but... Uh, one of the uh, hosts of the shows is always terrified to do these, so we had to wait till he wasn't on on the episode here to do it. We're not trying to mock these guys too bad or anything, but we do call these guys out for their media availabilities not being truthful. So this is just our thoughts on what these coaches would really say if they were telling the truth during some of these media availabilities. I'm going to handle the SEC West. Cousin Joe's going to do the SEC East. We'll do some pretty terrible impersonations, not going to lie. But I'll kick things off here. I'm going to go, we're going to go in order here. I'm going to Alabama, Nick Saban. Tell the truth. What would Nick Saban say if he was being honest? Thanks for having me, Joe. Hi. Nice to talk to you, Nick. How's your Apple Watch going? You know what? I'll tell you what. All this. You see Dabo Sweeney calling me out? That son of a bitch. He thinks he's <laughs> He thinks he's going to replace me now when he's making these damn Apple Watch comments. I can tell. You, you see this uh, Dabo Sweeney's jumping down to Florida for Easter. I, he ain't practicing uh, social distancing. I'll give him that. Last time I was watching Dabo take the field they're getting their ass handed to him by lsu i think he's just trying to get people to forget about that one last time we played lsu we we nearly beat him so maybe uh old dabbo he needs to spend more time uh on the playbook and uh less time thinking about them apple watches what do you say about that <laughs> Thanks, all right so we got dan mullen on the line here coach mullen how are you and the gators doing right now oh hey michael how you doing uh, the Gators doing pretty good, you know. We're just—I uh, don't know what they're doing. I'm shoe shopping, honestly. <laughs> I've got enough shoes to go from one room to the next room. And I change shoes every time. Got new kicks. It's my thing. Kick it back to you. Got to go shoe shopping. Uh, next up, 
from Arkansas. I got big old Sam Pittman. How you doing today, Sam? Hey, I'm doing good, you son of a bitch. How you doing? <laughs> doing pretty good, Sam. Nice to talk to you. You know, I'm a little bit down. We didn't have spring football, and I'm going to tell you something here. Something I learned from my buddy Derek Dooley. You know, I worked for old Derek there at Tennessee on Rocky Top. Something he used to he used to say. I think I'm going to pull it out of my ass now that we didn't have no spring football. But year zero next year is not my first year at Arkansas. It's going to be my year zero. For you, remember old Derek Dooley pulled that one out. It, that didn't that didn't go over too well. But that's what we're going to say here in uh, Fayetteville. And, uh, you know, another thing that's, uh, while, while you got me here, Joe, I'm, I'm pretty pissed off here. Barry Odom, Brad Davis, offensive line coach, already had to give these sons of bitches raises to stay here at Arkansas. We haven't even coached a game yet. I'm handing out raises. I don't know what in the hell I've gotten myself into. I'm sitting here trying to coach up the offensive line. They tell me I got to pay my defensive coordinator. There ain't no uh, defensive coordinator on the offensive line, so... I don't know. That's where I'm at, buddy. But I gotta go here. Uh, it's year zero. Uh, that's all I got here. <laughs> We're pleased to be joined now by old Kirby Smart down there at uh, Georgia. What you complaining about now, Coach Smart? Hey, dude, Mike. Pretty good. I'm just gonna be honest with you. All I want to do is eat, but I can't because I'm doing this damn Peloton all the damn time. I'm also doing a lot of these Zoom meetings, but I'm gonna be honest. If I just get this imaginary bicycle, I'd probably just ride to each one of these meetings. Anyways, that's all I got. I gotta go race my wife on Pelton. Next up, we have Auburn's coach, Gus Malzone. How you doing today, sir? Well, I'm not doing too good. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you the truth now. It's got nothing to do with spring football, but uh, they closed all the Waffle Houses here in Auburn. Uh, I even went, uh, drove, drove my ass down to Tuscaloosa, closed there too. And that, that's probably been the worst part of this quarantine, I'll be honest with you. No no Waffle House. But uh, I'm also kind of down in the dumps because, uh, you know, I'm really disappointed now that uh, I hired this year Chad Morris because I was planning on uh, teach, teaching that some bitch how to coach this spring. But, uh, of course, we ain't got spring, so now I got me a coordinator who don't know how to coach. He's telling me uh, the offense will be about – 20% installed by year one. That means if, uh, you know, we were, we're working out the math here, if uh, if we redshirt Bo Nix, starting back up in 2021, uh, we should have the full offense installed by about his senior year. So <laughs> that, it, that ain't going to cut it here on the Gus bus. I, my ass will be out quicker and shit if, if, uh, if, if it's 20%. But, hey, I got to go. I got to teach this son of a bitch how to coach on Zoom and uh, it, it ain't working out. It just ain't working out. And by God, my Waffle House is closed. That's all I got, buddy. This is pretty better than mine. Mine are way too short. <laughs> all right, we're pleased now to be joined by Kentucky coach Mark Stoops. What you got for us, coach? How you doing there, Michael? I'm going to tell you, you're sleeping on us, Mike. You know who else is sleeping? Me. Every day without spring practice, I'm so bored. <laughs> On another note, I haven't talked to my brother once. They name people like him after streets called one ways. <laughs> anyway, I gotta go. I got some cornhole to go play. All right, and drink some wild turkey later. Next up, we got Coach O from LSU. How you doing? What'd you say? Go Tigers! <laughs> go Tiger. You know, Joe. Ever since this thing hit, once the governor saw me in the blind side. That was my best ever performance till this uh this coronavirus hit. Now I'm the spokesperson for Louisiana. Go Tigers. I've been trying to I've been out coaching Nick Saban. Now I'm out acting him. I didn't see Nick Saban out here acting. I kicked his ass in the blind side too. We landed Michael Orr. I don't know if you saw that one, cousin Joe. I have. But uh we just landed us one of the best linebackers in the country. His name's Cox. What's not to like about that? Landing a linebacker named Cox. He, he hits you right in the face with his Cox. Pairing him up with Bo Pelini. Hep. I hired Bo. Giving him $3 million. He's earned it. Youngstown State had a top 50 defense last year at the FCS. But it's 4-3 defense. This is my defense. I'm getting tired of Joe Brady, Dave Aranda. Getting all this credit. Go Tigers. There's Coach O getting it done. Wouldn't know Joe Brady, Dave Aranda. We're ready to roll, baby. Go Tigers. And... <laughs> All right. 
We're pleased now to be joined by Coach Eli Drinkowitz of Missouri. How you doing, Coach? How you doing there, Michael? Doing good, Coach. Uh, I just wanted to know, uh, this is an opportunity to give a lifetime. And opportunities in a lifetime must be seized with an opportunity of a lifetime. I have no idea what that means. I just listened to that, my introductory speech again. That makes no sense. But all I want to say is Lane Kiffin's cheating. Just look at the probability of him cheating and getting all these players. It's just Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. I just don't understand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. this is Lane Kiffin here, cutting in here. Uh, what in the hell are you talking oh, about? No. Drink? Ain't you been? Uh, oh. I, I know you ain't coaching the this, SEC. You don't, this is the way it's run up here. Well, clearly. You just cut me off like you cut me off on the recruiting trip. Well, I'll tell you what else. What, you know what else been uh, cutting off here is they cut the classes here. I ain't got none of these pretty women to stare at. That's that's the hell. That's the reason why I came to Oxford over Fayetteville. They're telling you it's because of the talent. It's because of these these damn co-eds. That's the, I heard they were the best at Ole Miss, but uh, there ain't none of them here on campus. I'm thinking about going back to uh, old FAU this offseason. I'm not going to lie to you. And how about uh, my buddy Leach up there, up at uh, Moo State, tweeting out God knows what. Oh, I sure am happy he's at. Uh, I hope uh, Leach uh, keeps tweeting him out, and uh, we'll take uh, we'll take just about any player he's gonna want to give us. I'll tell you that. But all right, uh, drink. You go to hell. I'll catch you on the flip side. Keep giving people money. Bye, Lane. I'll send you a sweater for Christmas. All right, we're pleased now to be joined by South Carolina coach Will Mushev. How's it going, Coach Boom? Well, my wife likes winners. I'm a winner. <laughs> I'm not worried about my job at all. I'm lying, Michael. I'm just just going to drink a beer real quick. You know, on a positive note, I guess they can't fire me if we don't play, right? <laughs> I mean... I'm so in trouble. I'm, this is the hottest thing I've ever experienced. And I've, I've sat on chairs in the Dominican Republic before. This is war. Anyway, I'm going to go drink more beers. Hopefully figure this out. Talk to you later. Next up, we got Mike Leach. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Not as good as I thought down here in Margaritaville, drinking me a beer tweeting all hours of the night. Hell, I didn't even think people looked at these damn things. And uh, <laughs> here I got to apologize for a joke I sent out. And no, I did not resign. Let me tell you about the Sasquatch. It was down here looking at the Sasquatch, watching the Bob Lazar UFO movie. I didn't think anyone would think anything about these tweets here. But uh, hell, you know what? We just landed a quarterback, so it's all good here. Now, let me, uh, I get, hey, I got, something, I got something else to tweet here, but I better not do it, because uh, if I keep tweeting down here in Margaritaville, I ain't going to have a team when I get back here, and uh, you know what, old Geronimo, they're playing the Ger- Geronimo on a and got to jump off here, I'll talk to you boys later. Alright, next up on the line here, we got uh, Coach Jeremy Pruitt from Tennessee, uh, what's up, Coach Pruitt? Oh, how you going there, Mikey? I decided I'm going to do more FaceTime moving forward. I feel like it's my strong game, Michael. You know, it just really uh, accentuates me looking down into my phone. Speaking of strong, need to replace old fits. Shit's gonna be hard. Gonna see if old Scott Cochran is really happy at Georgia. Hopefully we can get him over here. Well, that's about all I got. Take care. Coach Fisher, how you doing there at Texas A&M Aggies? Hey, Giga Maggie's boys, let me tell you about the schedule so easy, we don't need a spring. I can't wait to get back to coach football in the uh, summertime, August time, whenever they want us to go. We'll be ready to go. We got Kellamon back for year three. Go Aggies time. Giving me off. I'm getting more time off with my cattle here. $75 million. You can buy a lot of cattle for $75 million. Let me tell you, son of a bitch. Uh, that's all I got. I got to talk here. We'll see you on the next one. Sold. <laughs> All right, last coach on our docket here. We're pleased to be joined by Vanderbilt's Derek Mason. How's it going, Coach Mason? How you doing there, Mikey? <laughs> doing good. Excited about this season. I'm going to tell you why. Pretty excited because this may be my best defensive season of the year or ever because we're not even going to play this year. I have the best defense. <laughs> it also gives me opportunity. Try to replace my 12 quarterbacks that left. 
but I want to be real. I had a plan in place for that too. I was going to pull a Kentucky 2.0, except we don't have any athletes like like their wide receiver. I was probably going to put a linebacker in there. I'm going to tell you why. Because if they can make tackles, then they can probably dodge tackles. That's my logic. That and imagine my defensive mind always coaching a defensive player. It's way and way up. I really just wish your organization would give us money so I didn't have to be such a genius. Anyways, I gotta go. Alright, so there it was Tell the Truth. We usually run these on a Thursday, but uh, we're coming at you on a Monday. Hell, uh... <laughs> Tell the Truth for <laughs> <laughs> That... As we say, with uh, each time we finish one of those up, maybe the last time anyone ever wants us to do that. So let us know what you think of that. Hopefully, we just wanted to bring you a little SEC action. I know the news is slow this time of year for obvious reasons, but trying to bring you guys some something to talk about here, SEC related. I'm actually working on a project that uh, hopefully I can get done by the end of the week. Uh, and if not, whenever I get it done, we'll bring it on bring it to you on the show we got uh, some good content coming here i think you guys will really appreciate it but uh, that's all i got for this one you got anything before we hop off here cousin joe no nothing at all man i hope everybody's safe happy uh this was it made me feel really dumb but at least i hope it brings a smile to somebody's face because <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's fun to do and i appreciate everybody listening because to be honest we ain't got anything else going on out here I don't know about everybody else, but I usually just read books and stare at the walls. Absolutely. I mean, play video games and watch movies, but, uh, you know, that's going to do it for this one. Appreciate you hopping on with me here, Cousin Joe. As always, I appreciate everyone tuning into the show. I will catch you on the next one. Absolutely. Wash your hands. (laughs) Bye.